Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Hello and welcome back to the NZ Tech Podcast. You're here with our fifth episode. Number five. Yeah. Welcome along. We have, as usual, in the studio, myself, Paul Spain. you got Bradley Burrows. And Nathan Mercer. Our special guest. He's so special. <laughs> very, very special. <laughs> welcome along, along, Nathan. How you doing, man? Good, thank you, Paul and Bradley. Great, great to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. Another Microsoft man in Another the house. Another Microsoft man. I've taken my hat off and left, left it at the door, though. Those are the rules. As long as you guys realise that, when you're in here, all the affiliations fall aside, and we're talking personal opinion. So, Absolutely. Um, and and um, that word goes out for our employers if they're listening in. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, tonight, we've got a whole bunch of stuff on the lineup. I'll just give a quick run through. We're talking about some changes with Freeview in New Zealand. We have a bit of an update on Android and the Xperia Play, iSky, a few security issues and hacking things going on out there. We're talking about IP and the um, issues with internet addresses running out and what issues that's going to cause. Uh, and a few other little bits and pieces such as Windows 8 leaks and an update coming for the Xbox 360. Mm. Some local updates as well, which is going to be good. Mm. All right, let's get into it. So first up, Freeview. They've made some changes, or they've announced some changes in the last few days. So what are those changes, Paul? Well, what I've heard, what's been floating around out there in the media, is that they're expanding the coverage of Freeview Terrestrial, mm-hmm. which is the, the form of Freeview that you can get just with a, a normal TV with an aerial not the satellite version of Freeview, which for most of us in the cities, we're, we're already getting that, right? Because we yep. can always, already get it in Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch, and uh, a few other places. But they're going to be expanding that to smaller centres, you know, down to Invercargill, Queenstown, and the like. Is it for the Rugby World Cup that they're trying to do this? or is it, The, the yeah. idea is to get it in place before that, isn't before it? Before then, yeah. So they're talking about um, available to 160,000 more people than, than what it is today. Yeah. And, yeah, in time for the Rugby Cup. Rugby World Cup. Yeah, I think it's really good because the issue with the satellite-based preview at the moment is it's it's not HD quality. No. And it's also that hassle that, well, I you know, if you don't have a satellite dish already, you've got to get extra kit because there aren't TVs that tend to have that technology in there. So, yeah, really the kind of the, the interesting backstory about why they can't do the HD over satellite is because Sky's basically bought all of the bandwidth on the on the Optus D1 satellite. Very so interesting. That's the only way they can do it is over the uh, is over the um, um, terrestrial UHF. Yeah. Well, I guess I mean Sky have got so many so many channels that they're committed to broadcasting, yeah. and and they want to push those out. Yeah. More and more of those out into HD. That's um, I guess that's understandable. And I guess the other thing about it is the government's kind of announced some of the time frames on when the actual analog signal is going to be mm. going to be turned off. Aggressive, really aggressive. Quite aggressive. Mm. Um, what within a within a couple of years, I think. Yeah, I think it's about twenty four months from the first of April, from what I can remember. Yeah, which was sort of the original plan. They were hoping to yeah. do it by then, but it seems like you know, people out there have been buying up new TVs with, with Freeview decoders built in yep. and and I think that's going to make that a fairly easy decision I suppose the other big news is also is TVNZ7 is going, going, gone yeah, they're shutting that down is it next year? 
yeah, next year. Yeah, I think it's yeah. about twelve months. Um, they, they announced that, so they're going to not they're not going to get the funding back to keep it going, which is a real shame because you know we're just starting to make inroads similar to what Australia's got with their sort of freeview television systems, and yeah, we're just sort of losing it again. It's kind of silly. Hmm. That's a that that's a pity because there's definitely some good content coming through there that's not as you know as commercial, I guess, as the the mainstream channels that we we didn't have access to in the past. So. Um, mm. Yeah, and I guess the other interesting thing about the the freeview stuff is, you know, the reason why they're turning their analog signal off is so the government can sell off that radio spectrum. And um, you know, apparently it's you know we'll, we're able to do four G and WiMAX and stuff like that. So we're just getting signs held up by Skip, who's doing the sound tonight. Four G, four G, four G. Now on a related topic, iSky. That's something that we that Skip and I chatted about a few weeks back in episode two, mm. and yeah, I was a bit I was a bit tough on it. <laughs> now I had another I had another go over the weekend with Ice Guy, and what I found from a few weeks back was there's a little bit more content that they've got now than what they had previously, and I found in this particular case when I tried to stream it. That I, that I ended up with a better quality picture than I did first time round, which leaves me scratching my head a little bit because in both occasions I was on a really fast internet connection, 18 megabits uh, DSL2, mm. and, you know, all the right souped-up hardware. Now, what was the experience? You guys have both tried it, right? Yeah, I, I look, I did a test last night. I had um, Netflix going to the United States across my VPN connection, and I had the iSky going on my laptop. And the quality and just the general experience of what you get with the Netflix, hands down, is just so much better than what you get with the iSky. Um, we had a go today in our, in our office here in Auckland, and because our presence is coming out of Australia for our internet connection, obviously it wouldn't play, but you just sit there and you get no feedback on the screen. You didn't get an error message, nothing, nothing came up. Nothing. You just, to, you just, get, a blank, you you just get a blank screen. Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing. And, um, yeah. I mean, I've you know, I've I've used it on and off. When I, when I go down to Wellington and I've mm. got fast Telstra Clear cable down there, it works fine. Um, interestingly, here in Central Auckland on my ADSL connection, just doesn't even work. Yeah. Nothing. The blank and, screen um, issue again. You, you don't get a blank screen. You go you go to click play, and it basically comes up with an error message saying um, this content is not currently available. Mm. Now I actually rang up Sky the help desk to, Ooh, to see them. to see what they would say about what the error is yeah. and um i got a help i got a a nice lady who answered the phone that um that told me that my internet connection basically wasn't fast enough that i needed a, a one megabyte internet connection <laughs> instead of a one megabit yeah, yeah um i tried to explain to her that i had all that i had i had more than one megabit and it's those um, dynamic modems again i tell you <laughs> yeah and yeah basically you just you, you just don't get any feedback about about what's happening in terms you know on the screen i mean you know great idea i, I guess at the end of the day it still is in beta and, is, and yeah, at the end of the yeah. day, you're not paying anything extra for the service, but you know it should work a bit better. There should be error messages, and look, it needs to be modelled like Hulu does. I mean, if anyone's actually looked at Hulu online or any of those type of systems, even even if you looked at YouTube and to see what the experience is like, because it's locked down here. Well, YouTube can be pretty bad in yeah, New Zealand actually with stopping yeah, and starting yeah. can be an absolute especially over DSL uh, yeah. absolute mess. So you know, one of the best movie sites to actually watch movies on is the Apple Trailers site. 
it is always smooth. That is really, really fluid, and it just comes across, and you don't have that sort of caching. Once it's going, it's up. It's fine. It's, really it's similar to the the movie streaming on Xbox, isn't it? It yep. gets up and running quickly, and, it, and it's they're, and they're it's probably smooth. using the Akamai uh, uh, like a content distribution network for doing that. Probably yep. they are, but so so are Vodafone. And I had a bit of a chat to Vodafone in the last couple of weeks, and you know they gave a few insights into it, and they did highlight: look, it is still in beta. Bear yep. that in mind, and they've got. They've certainly got plans for, um, you know, for changes and, and improvements as time goes on, but yeah, I, I don't think that they've really um, hit it out of the park with this one. No, they no. they need to do some work on it. But I mean, it's a, it's a good start to show that we're trying to go down that path. But yeah, I think they need to model themselves on some of the overseas carriers what they're doing. Hmm. Now, a little update on Android happenings that are that are relevant sort of locally and and internationally. One is Sony and their PlayStation sort of product. You know, they've had the uh, PSP, the PlayStation Portable, around for a long time. Yep. And then last year they announced the Xperia Play, mm-hmm. which is their new you know, take on, on putting a, a portable PlayStation inside a phone, and it's an Android phone. So that's just launched internationally, I believe, the Xperia Play. The word I'm sort of hearing, and haven't had anything official, is that we're likely to see that in New Zealand fairly soon, probably next month, probably in May type time frame. It'd be nice if uh, Sony, if you're listening, if we could get one into uh, have a look at, that'd be very nice. Absolutely, one each. Thank you. Yeah, be great. Um, yep. No, we look look forward to that. So oh, that's good to see. Obviously, um, that's going to be a fairly competitive space. And looking at the Xbox games on Windows Phone, that works phenomenally. Yep. So. It's certainly not something that's going to be. Have e- you have you tried out the poker the poker game yet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, eh? Yeah, yeah. No, they've done a really cool job with that, and we've we've we have spoken about that a bit before. So I won't give it too much more airtime. But if you're into poker, buy a Windows Phone, <laughs> buy an Xbox, start playing. It's all good fun. So yeah, so we're looking looking forward to that coming through. The other thing on Android, of course, is Android three, the Honeycomb release. Which is targeted at tablets? Yeah, I heard that they might be um, changing the name too. For I was reading today, and I was just skimming across, but um, I think it was the Samsung, one of the Samsung Galaxy devices. They're actually looking at not using the Honeycomb brand, but actually creating a new one. Okay, so that's going to be interesting to see because it ties in with what we sort of talked about last week, which is where Google are actually saying, "Look, we don't want you to customize it. We want to have it standard bulk. We don't want too much adjustment to the UI, etc." So it looks like they're trying to lock it down a little bit. And if the name changes, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, it looks nice. It looks really nice. Well, there's the Motorola Zoom that's out now, isn't it, with um, mm. with Honeycomb on it. And I was I was um, looking at some data from the US suggesting that hadn't done very well at all. No, it doesn't really it's like they've only sold about a hundred thousand of them or something like that. It doesn't really line up too well against the iPad too, does yeah. it? No, no. I mean, they, Apple probably sell that many in a day. I'd Mm, interesting. <laughs> An interesting. Hour. <laughs> um, so Apple are definitely winning, willing, winning in the tablet space right now. That's that, that's for sure. Um, but certainly some cool Android tablets coming through, and and the one I played with for the last week or so, uh, the little one with um, the Samsung Galaxy Tab with two point two on it was yeah. was great. And you know, nice just having basic 
Skype and those sorts of things. Um, the guys <laughs> at the office laughed at me when I when I pulled it out of my pocket and put it up to my ear because yeah. it was actually just small enough to fit in my pocket, yeah. <laughs> and it's got a full dialer on it, so you can use it as a phone. But can you <laughs> can you actually can you actually use it against your ear like that, or do you have to use a headset? <laughs> oh, it's got a, it's got speakerphone on it, but yeah, they were just laughing at me. Oh, I'm laughing. Back, um, back I'm to laughing the future now. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I was sort of just doing it for show, but yeah, it's it's pretty funny that you can actually squeeze it into your pocket um righto so that's um that's the android update security issues and hacking um bits and pieces there's been a few things going on in the last few days right yeah anonymous have been back in the sort of i mean after skip's little chat last week they took down the playstation 3 network very interesting skip's <laughs> raising his hands in the air it's like apparently the playstation network was down um playstation said it was well, sony said it wasn't down for too long but it was a ddos attack uh, anonymous were claiming that they'd done it to take it down because of their sony's um rights management system across their movie system i think it was it's um, a bit bizarre isn't it the yeah. way the way these sort of groups operate and you know they're like all right we don't like what you're doing so we're just gonna you know crap on you sort of thing not not really a a good way of operating there goes nz tech podcast podcast.com it's oops, gone oops if we're offline <laughs> guys and you don't hear us ever again it's because yeah they've targeted us too <laughs> um now I was reading today in uh, in the Australian media that Symantec are really talking down security concerns with um, with Google's Android platform, and they're saying, look, it really is a big bullseye at the moment because it's so wide open because uh, because content that goes up, the applications and so on, don't get vetted in any way, you know. A developer can just write something that's laden with malware and viruses and so on, drop it up into the marketplace, it goes online, and, and people can get their hands on that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty scary. I, I was playing around with, uh, I can't remember the exact name of the app, but it was it was like a Fluffy the Cat screensaver or something like that. And you, you go to install this thing, mm. and, and it brings up a list of the different things that this application is going to access, right? Right. And it comes up, and it's like it's going to access your, your contact list and your phone book and your dialer, and it's like, and well, what the, why? What the yeah. heck does a, does, a, does a screensaver need to do all that stuff? Yeah, mm. it, 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 is, it is a bit worrying, and I think in terms of yeah, general public, you you know, Vodafone or Telecom or Two Degrees, whoever sells you this phone, and you think, oh well, they're they're a trusted supplier. Oh, it's got Google software on there. They're a trusted company. Yeah. But what no one is actually saying is that actually you potentially put yourself at risk just by downloading these, you know, these free apps from the marketplace that you would you would expect to be able to trust. So it's what Apple have done well. They've locked down their store. They've got pretty good you know policies and everything going through there, and I think that's why. We haven't seen a lot of malware or sort of sort of that sort of nasties on the on the iPhone, um, but Mi- there's a potential for it to happen with other it platforms, is. right? Yeah, Microsoft could it could they're, they're pretty locked down as well from the developer side. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with the one problem with the Android stuff is you're seeing more than just the one Android store now. You're starting to see multiple Android stores where you believe that oh this one's trusted and away you go, but yet it's not. It's just open slather. So yeah, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to tell over time mm-hmm. whether 
whether they manage to lock that down more and I would imagine I'd imagine that will will have to come in time if there are any more situations I mean we reported a few weeks ago about the the malware that ended up on I think at the time we thought there were about 60,000 apps that had been downloaded and got yeah. onto devices yeah. um, but within a few days after that we heard that it, it, yeah, it was go- actually about a quarter of a million right. wasn't it and I think Google actually went through and um, pulled out a few of the obvious malware ones that were yeah. popular got removed out of the store so people yeah, couldn't download quickly. them. Which, which was good, but yeah. if you've had a quarter of a million devices that had already been infected at that stage, For sure. you know, who knows what what information has got out there in terms of you know what have your data have they looked at? Yeah, and it certainly would would put any business person you know who's storing their you know their their business data. In their phone on edge. Yeah, well, it's a pretty, it's a pretty juicy um, attack but, uh, target to get access to all your contacts and yeah, SMS but, messages and all but, that. Oh, but, 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 but even in a personal sense, and you know, you've probably come across these sort of situations. I, you know, I had a situation where I was getting a text message from from a friend who was, "Oh, Paul, I'm really struggling. I uh, don't have any money. Can you, you know, can you drop a little bit of cash into my account?" and you know, it was a sort of guy that I was like, well, I could sort of imagine him being in that position. <laughs> Did he you say know? He was from Nigeria? <laughs> and, uh, and so I gave him a call and it didn't answer and so on. And I found out later that someone had stolen his phone, right? right? And they'd looked through. There was He didn't have any way to remotely erase his phone or do anything to it. So they yeah. looked through. They saw who he'd been chatting to on SMS and basically went through and, and asked those things. Now, we're seeing the same sorts of things happen online when somebody's uh, Facebook mm. account gets hacked mm-hmm. and then you know someone will jump on Facebook and send messages out to family and friends and say, hey, I've got Help. this dilemma, I'm stuck overseas, whatever it is, can you deposit funds? So the, the latest one, actually, I heard this morning was the um, Photoshop. I've take, I've got a good, really good photo of you. Click on this link to have a look at it. And basically, it's through Facebook. And if you, are, if you do get that email or that Facebook update, saying, hey, I've got a great photo, do not click on it. It is actually a malware. And actually will take all your bank account and um, keystrokes and send it to a server. So be careful. Yeah. And in fact, I actually got I got sent that particular message and being slightly savvy as I am, I looked at it and I thought, why has this person who, yeah, I do know, but they, why would they send me a message like that? And I haven't heard from them in a while. It just didn't add up to me. And I did a little bit of looking. I saw that at that stage, that particular link they had sent me, which was supposedly a Photoshop file of me from the, the subject, had been clicked on at least a quarter of a million times. Well, You're a popular man, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Spain. Paul Spain and a nighty, everyone. Yeah, thanks, Actually, just, oh, just before we came to air tonight, sorry. <laughs> Back on, back on track, guys. Back on track. Now, before we came to air tonight, <laughs> sorry, I've got Skip laughing here in the background. He's trying to find Paul in a nightly. Um, Dell's website in Australia has been hacked too. All the user data over there. Um, well, I think that, that, yeah. that, that yeah, that was the Epsilon um, yeah. hacking where um, um, a provider of email services has been yeah. has been. I think that's, you a, know, that's a particularly interesting one. That one, you know, they're a big they're a big company in the US. They send six point five billion emails a. Um, a year um, they reckon that about 2% of their customers records have been leaked their their names and their email addresses um, 
I think why this one is particularly nasty is is that the, the their customers are people like American Express, Visa, hotels. They run loyalty programs and stuff like that. Their customers are expecting to get emails from those providers, mm. and um, and I think it's interesting today. It's probably going to be interesting in six months or twelve months' time once the noise around it actually starts to go down because people will get these emails, potentially click links, divulge information, divulge their passwords. Uh, and they, they kind of call that like spear, spear phishing, like a direct targeted yeah, attack well, against, a, against a particular person rather than against a, you know, a wide swathe of people. Well, your usual bit of spam that sort of asks for info, they don't have enough information to address it. So you can look at that email that says it's from the bank, but it doesn't say hi, Paul, on it. It doesn't know anything. It doesn't know anything about me to give to give me that confidence that I should click through on the links. But yeah, in this case where they've actually hacked in, they've got all that data. They can personally address it. They can re- and and they know that yes, you are connected with this bank or this yep. hotel. Ch- you know, they chain can, they or loyalty can make it program. look like you know, click can, here to get another hundred points on your loyalty program. Absolutely, and scary. Yeah, just looking online now, it is, it, they also um, grab all your social networking information as well. So it's not just your email address and first name. They actually track down all the information about you. So they're all. They said there's about 2,500 customers in Australia that they know of straight away they've been affected. Mm. So, yeah. It's, it's well, there, I'm sure there are plenty in New Zealand. I've spoke yeah. to a customer this week who, who forwarded me one of those emails over the weekend that they'd been sent a warning that this that this had happened. I don't think probably most of us realise what the potential impact of it is. It can be really, really big. And I guess, you know, following on from last week, just a reminder, do make sure that the passwords that you have on every service online are different. Do not mm. use the same one across multiple services. Mm. Yeah, A1, B2, C3, <laughs> D4 is not a solid password, people. Or yeah. the one that Telecom give out for ADSL, uh, ABC123. I think nice. I've come across that being <laughs> given out dozens of times. Uh, very interesting. Right. Every script kitty around at the moment is going to be trying to hack into their local wireless provider at the moment. <laughs> Now, IP addresses, they are running out. What are we going to do, guys? So they are. It's in our hands to solve this global problem. (laughs) How would we solve it, Nathan? (laughs) Well, I guess it's been well known since the (laughs) 90s that we were eventually going to run out of IPv4 addresses. Um, and, and I guess you know the solution is IPv6. Um, it's slowly kind of being 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 rolled out around the world. But IPv4 is what everyone uses in their home, it their is, business. That that's how you connect to the internet right now. It is. It is. And and it probably it, it's going to be the way that we connect to the internet for probably another ten years. Um, but you know, obviously, we're running out of addresses. So there is this new IPv6, you know, coming down the pipeline. What happened to five? Well, it's a silly, <laughs> not a silly. Clip. What actually happened? Did they think we'll just go? Blocks of two here, or what's the story? What happened to five? It's Does a, anyone know? It's a good question. I don't know. Nobody, no, nobody knows the answer. If anyone, that, that, that yeah. should be our competition this yeah. week. If, I'll, I'll get a prize, and if someone can Twitter us and let us know what happened to IPv5, I'll get a prize for next week, whether it's a web camera or something. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Tell me why, and I'll, I'll, I'll search it to make sure it's true. We'll, and we'll look for the best answer. Yeah. If, if you can get it true and and give us something entertaining, then um, then even better. And I guess, you know, the interesting thing about that and, and why you're talking about it, Paul, is that it was in the news that Microsoft uh, actually bought a whole bunch of um, about 666,000 IPv4 addresses in a bankruptcy sale from, from Nortel. And um, we paid about 11 US dollars each That's for right. those addresses, yeah. so about 7.5 million US. Um, it's actually probably a pretty good investment. 
I know, think yeah. things that are scarce are worth money, and and we'll probably look back in, in a few years' time, and it's probably probably not a bad investment. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that Microsoft's not committed to IPv6. It's still you know going to going to happen, but this uh, you know this just gives us a bit more a bit more leg room to to provide you know all the cloud services and Windows Update and Windows Azure and stuff like that. that that's the sort of stuff it's going to be used for. Well, the main issue at the at the moment really is with the equipment that people have in their homes and with the internet providers sort of starting to make that move because. Yeah, you know, once all the providers are connect everything together, start offering this, and it just becomes yeah. a standard option. And the routers that they give yeah. you when you sign up, when all of that stuff just yeah, you know, it starts I think, working. I think we're going to hear quite a lot of noise of noise about it this year. Like I think it's the World IPv6 Day on June the eighth or something like that. There's a there's a new there's a New Zealand IPv6 task force that's going to do a bunch of promotion and stuff around around then. Things like that. our Microsoft Bing website's going to turn on IPv6 on that day. There's you know, there's going to be a bunch of stuff happen in the IPv6 space. You know, this year. But so, but right but right now, as as general users of gadgets and computers, we don't really need to worry about it, do we? Even though it's you know, there's been the media coverage. Oh, we're running out of addresses and and we're stuffed. There are ways to work around that. Yep. So and, technologies and, and thing, like things are going to be okay until such time yep. as as it moves across. I mean, the internet's not going to stop working. Your no. you know your home computer is not going to self destruct. Or oh, maybe your one will, yeah. Brad. But <laughs> my uh, wife's Farmville account will stop working. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but with IPv6, though, stuff, some of the stuff I've read is that every device in your house will have an IPv6 account address on it is that is that the principle that's, behind that's it? the possibility yeah that's, that's a possibility, a possibility. There's, there's a lot of addresses there's like um uh it's like a billion per person on the two, planet like right? two to the power of 128 yeah. and it's, it's yeah. like a crazy crazy it's like a like a it's like a 15 digit number right okay. so so my fridge can have an ip address that can be internet connected my you telephone could, everything yeah. you could almost assign an ip address to every cell in your body yes <laughs> And I think you know the other. You, you might be sitting there going, "Oh, why? You know, why does? Uh, why do I need an IP address for my fridge? Or is you know, is there security problems and stuff like that?" The the interesting thing about six is that security has actually been built into it from the out from the design phase. It's not like V four from the you know seventies and eighties where it was kind of retrofitted on. So security is actually built into to V six. And I think it will be kind of fun when when you know we've all tend to have wireless you know internet in our homes now. When your fridge, your other devices are all, you know, talking to each other, feeding back about how much power they're using yeah. and having your fridge tell you that the, you know, the weight on the pad where your, your butter sits or something, it's, it's yeah. low or the, the compartment that keeps the, um, you know, your meat is getting empty <laughs> and it can then alert your, uh, order me some um, more bacon, please. Order you some more stuff. <laughs> so, and, and I guess you, they're You've got too much money to order a fridge that does that. That's incredible. Well, I think that, I mean, eventually that'll be the norm. You have tagging on your, your food packaging and when you put something in the fridge it'll yeah. know that oh well you, you had a tag on the, the bacon when it went in and it'll be able to tell you that well that bacon's been sitting in there for two weeks it's uh, you know if you haven't finished it then you need to biff it it's manky um, by that you know, stage all, all of those things I mean it's going to be the possibility and because the price of these technologies comes down it's the I mean it's the core elements of the fridge that are expensive the technology 
I don't think will end up being an expensive part. It'll just be yeah, normal, like we like we used to with 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 other pieces of technology, where it's normal to have what well, once upon a time were were advanced features, advanced graphics in our PCs, or you know TVs that can d- decode digital signals yep. and that we can you know communicate with wirelessly, and they plug into a, a LAN connection. And so I think the big thing for IPv6 will be the televisions. I, I can see that being a real big opportunity for IPv TV content on demand. All those type of devices where you've got something dedicated and built in, that, that moving forward will be an interesting sort of play. We're going to be giving everyone IPv6 addresses at, at the TechEd conference this year as well, which is in August. So anyone that comes along there and plugs in there, plugs in or, or gets a wireless connection, they're going to be giving them IPv6 addresses. Ooh, just yeah. as a bit of a bit of a trial, get people interested in IPv6. Ah, that's very interesting. Cool. So there's a bit of a tidbit. Mm. Now, also on the Microsoft front, um, there's the Imagine Cup event coming up uh, next week, isn't it? Yeah. There's, there's um, something happening in Auckland. Yeah, so we'll, we've got the Imagine Cup coming up on April the 12th. Um, and really, the Imagine Cup's been running for oh, about 10 years, I think, now. Um, but so it, what is it? It's a competition? Yeah, it's, it's a competition for, for university students. And it starts off where they come up with creative ways to use technology to solve problems in, in the world. Um, last year, Team um, Team One Beat, which is a New Zealand team, they got third in the world. There's 76 countries um, in New Zealand. I think there's 2,000 students competing this year alone. That's cool. Um, but it's really neat. I mean, these kids, you know, they, they, they do it in their own time. Um, if they win New Zealand, they go through to New York this year, where they basically all they they all compete together to to become the world champion, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's if look if you're in Auckland, um, it's an event that's been held. You can go to Microsoft.co.nz forward slash Imagine Cup. Yeah, I got the URL right. Um, but yeah, if you What's can with all this commercial promotion, I know. But <laughs> it's supporting some of the kids, and there's a lot of you know a lot of small businesses go along. So just yeah, cool. some really smart. No, things it does sound like a, it does sound like a yeah. fun event. So it's mostly around um, d- soft that they're developing to, yep. to to make these you know yeah. things happen. I, they what was they the came up with an idea and yeah. yeah. They put, what put was the one something. last year that was that um, the Kiwi guys came up with that Team was one beep, yeah. that was really smart. That was um, using so, radio. So they were using for, they were using radio transmissions to basically transmit you know d- just transmit data. So they'd go into a you know third a third world country or a, or a Pacific island that doesn't have mm-hmm. much infrastructure, but they do have like an FM transmitter or, yeah. or an AM transmitter. They basically came up with a way of, of, of transmitting data. You know, imagine getting, um, you know, your, 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 your school syllabus or, you know, pictures or, or whatever, stream, you know, streamed out over just current infrastructure. Yeah. So that, well, that, that was their idea. That's great because, I mean, obviously that, that technology exists. It's easy. It's not expensive if you can plug yeah. into it. And, you know, in some, of, in some of these places, yeah, as you say, there isn't the infrastructure. There isn't, you know, all the wiring to get the high-speed internet that we have here or people are, you know, way out and away from things. Yeah, so, I, I think those great. guys have actually patented some of that and they're working with a commercial organisation to actually take that live. So, yeah, and they're still at university. In fact, they're entered again this year. So That's great. Cool. Now, music-wise, there's um, in New Zealand here, we don't have a huge amount of music services other than um, iTunes, right? We have one. <laughs> You know, that's it. We're it's we're a little bit stuck unless you follow some of the tricks that are online there to access um, the Zoom service. Yep. Which I've put a little bit of info up on uh, WindowsPhoneNZ.com about how to do that. But we've got coming up. There's been some stuff in um, in a few of the gadget sites this week about Android Music Three 
and also about Amazon's uh, cloud-based music services, which which both sound kind of interesting. Interesting. I don't know. I, I know a little bit about the Amazon service. I've had a bit of a play. Um, I did find that. So it's called Amazon Cloud Drive, is the actual name That's of it. it. Yep. Um, and, and I guess you know, there's all sorts of other programs that do similar things like Dropbox or Live Drive or, or Windows Live Sync and Mesh. I think the interesting thing about the Amazon service is that they are also using it to sell MP3s. And so basically you sign up, you get five gigs of music, for, you get five gigs of storage in the cloud for free. And if you buy one album, so one, MP, one album which come down as MP3s, then they basically give you 20 gigs of storage for, for one year from when you bought the, so, the songs and, and plus your albums go into that cloud storage so you can get to them from anywhere. That's a differentiator, isn't it? Because it is. Microsoft give you you know 25 gigs worth of online online storage with Live Drive yep. and, and so on. SkyDrive. Uh, like our, so, our one, for instance, yeah. we only allow up to 50 megs of files. Yeah, so, so 50 meg per file, the, their one goes as goes quite a lot. Yeah, so there's some differentiators in the way it works, but the the thing about this one is it's it seems to be very much focused on music. You you, you know you, there's a tool you know for, or a player for Android right that'll yeah. play the and music that's, straight that's out of the a, cloud. That's a particularly interesting yeah. thing I, I think is that they've they've made that work on Android. And yeah, so that that's quite cool. Although you'd be a little bit stuck in New Zealand unless you're on a big data plan using that as you you know to listen yeah. to music as you're driving around. Yeah. So yes. I, so let's just say I, I buy 50 albums, put them up there. Suddenly, does that mean that Google can search my albums? And see what I've bought, what's going on, and all that sort of stuff. From your phone, you you can from your Google Android device, but this is this is storage that's provided by oh, Amazon, Amazon. Okay, right? Cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But it is an interesting take, and there are some sort of copyright and licensing things yeah. surrounding it that I did, um, um, that some of the record labels may be slightly uncomfortable with because they're, they're straddling a line there, and usually with the services that exist today, um, you know, you're allowed to download those once. To yep. you know, to your PC or to your Mac, to your device, yep. and you can't get them again. But by putting them up in the cloud like this, it's um, yeah, it's I quite did, interesting. Um, I did find the service a little bit slow, like it was particularly slow to upload. But once the files are up there, it worked great. Mm. Uh, are they DRM'd or what's the story? How's it all locked down for me copying it somewhere Not else? Not a hundred percent sure the way that they do that. Um, in terms of being able to pull them down and, and do whatever else you want yeah. with them. So yeah, yeah, I, I mean, think I think you can copy them down and just it's just MP3. So mm. D- DRM free MP3. I believe so. Mm. Yeah. The music yeah. studios will have a bit of an issue with that one. I think. Mm. So that'll be interesting. And um, there's been a little bit of talk about this leaked Android Music uh, Three um, app. Yeah, it's an app. Um, don't really know too much about it, but that'll it'll be interesting because that's a piece in the the Android picture at the moment in terms of the you know Google's ecosystem. That that probably isn't as full as what's happening in, in you know the Apple world or or the Microsoft world in, t- in terms of how those things tie together. Yeah, at the moment. I mean, one of the strengths at the moment with Apple is that they've got those catalogs and they've got those partnerships with those record and t- movie companies. Microsoft to get in there. Google are going to start building that up. They'll do it quickly, yeah. and but I think if they're going to put their own music store out there again, it comes down to how they're going to lock that down, and also what other people are going to try and use other applications to tap into that music store and break around it because the platform is a little bit more open than some of the other providers. So mm. it'll be interesting to see what it does. Mm. Windows eight, the next version of Windows. Looking forward to that. 
I don't know what it'll, whether it'll actually be called Windows 8, but the, there's been a few reports in the in the media, which I'm sure you guys can't uh, can't <laughs> say too much about. But you know, just you know, putting your Microsoft hats aside and and all that stuff. I mean, we can certainly talk about what what's been public. what's been what's been public. Yep. And you know, there's been a um, some screenshots of a, a ribbon type UI like we see in the new in you know yep. the newer versions of Office coming you know more deeply across. Um, you know the win- Windows itself with Explorer and so on. Big time in Explorer. Paul Thorot, yeah. his um his Windows super site, uh, they've got some screenshots there, and there's definitely there's the ribbon interface inside Explorer which they show. Um, there's an Adobe built-in Adobe PDF writer, a reader, sorry, and also the other one is my memory's just gone blank for a second. Um, there's that uh, login screen that's kind of got the Metro yep, the styling that you know, like what we see on Windows Windows Phone. And there's also a new IE9 way it sits in the taskbar with multiple windows down there as well. So there, there's some screenshots there. Um, if I'm being 100% honest, I have not seen anything internally, and we will not get to see anything internally. It's locked down like Fort Knox. So mm. the rumor mill, it is what it is. We just don't know what we until it gets into the beta version, mm. which will be whenever. Yeah, but it's sounding as though it's not it's not too far off before that stuff hap- you know happens. And I think it's a well, I, I mean it's a, it's a it's a positive sign anyway. I mean in terms of. Um, you know, Microsoft playing in the tablet space. You know, we're we're waiting on this new version of of Windows before, you know, we'll really see that next generation of yeah. tablets. I mean, there's obviously some starting to come through, and we'll, we'll chat about those. Well, I think I think the interesting thing about it is, you know, when and the thing that we talked about publicly was back in January at the Consumer Electronics Show, and I think that we actually surprised people how far along the next version of Windows was running on the mm. system of a chip, mm. the the, mm. the ARM architectures. And, and it wasn't just booting; it was running Office, running Internet Explorer, plugging in USB devices, printing. You know, and those are actually pretty big things. Getting all of that stuff in Windows ported over from x86 over to ARM. So, uh, I mean, I've got no inside information on the beta either, or uh, you know, or, or none that we can talk about. But, mm. but I think it's going to be. I think that people will be surprised mm. when we do start to release information that it's it's probably a lot further along than what people think. So yeah, what, that, I mean, that was my pick from some of the things I'd seen out there because there are people predicting, oh well, you know, we, you know, it's three years between versions and so on. And, you know, my pick is from, you know, the fact these things are coming out now and some of the other info leaked, there was something that came out about Dell releasing a Windows 8 or whatever it's going to be called, you know, Slate tablet type device uh, at the beginning of of next year. Um, You know, if that's that's genuinely on their roadmap, then um, there's going to need to be a release, a new release version of Windows available to everyone at that time. So, um, and and I guess, you know, the thing that 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 system on a chip stuff means is that, you know, it's going to be really low power architecture. You know, you'll be able to get that whole whole day battery life um, competing against the iPad pretty much competing against the iPad that's right well, yeah. well system on a chip I mean it's a technology that's effectively in the phones that yep. are sitting in front of us yep. and you know if you can run the full blown windows on um, on a device like that that's quite interesting now there was also some stuff floating around people or some comments about Windows phone the, that the phones themselves would be powered by this new version of Windows to me, that sounds a little bit odd because you know there, there, there's uh, you know Microsoft has spent a long time you know the last couple of years or so developing new Windows Phone Seven and iterations of it. it doesn't seem to make sense that they would take this desktop version 
and and put it down on a on a device. Yeah, well, I haven't I haven't heard those rumours, but yeah, it sounds mm. sounds kind of weird to yeah, me. Yeah, it just sounds a bit a bit out there. So, oh, we'll, we'll wait and see what things come up, and uh, you know who knows what what's what's uh, going on behind the scenes. There's always a few surprises that come out, but. Um, that one would really surprise me to the be, leaks to are be early fair. though the, I mean if you're looking at on that window super site if you look at the time we did it what October 2009 the release of Windows 7 we're mm. looking what 16 months we've already got a leak of Windows 8 pre-beta mm. 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 it's interesting it's, very interesting. Yeah. it's going to be an exciting year yeah um, Xbox 360 there's a bit of an update on its way right and yep. who who's got their hands on that already I do but I can't talk about it too much at the moment. But okay. it's very cool. It's very cool. It's very cool. I got what. What I'll do is um, I will get in contact with the Xbox 360 guys over in America and find out what I can and can't talk about. Cool. Um, but there is some. I think publicly we've we've shown some of the UI changes with have, the with the characters. Shown. Yep. And also the Netflix inter- um, integration as well, where you can use your hand gestures to control Netflix and speech and everything else. But Oh, let me clarify what I can and can't talk about. Hopefully, episode six or seven, I'll have an answer, and I can do a bit of a, a five-minute rundown on, on what I'm experiencing at the moment. It would be great to hear some inside gossip on that stuff, and 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 also, you know, are all the features coming to New Zealand? Those yeah. sort of things. There's, yeah. you know, some of those capabilities like you know speech and so on that have have been, uh, you know, based around having a, yeah. an American. So we have we we have already so announced that speech right. is speech is coming. Uh, uh, don't know when, possibly mm, okay. in that update, but we, right. we have announced okay. the speech is coming. Yeah, the good. the workaround is just to change your Xbox language to US, and then and then it works. Yeah, yeah, oh. which I think we talk, we I think we chatted about it. Was it oh, last, we did last week or the week before? Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. the you know the other interesting thing about it is that that's the first time that we've actually done a public beta for for the new for the Xbox. So, yeah, look, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun at the moment. The, yeah, I've just got to find out what I can yeah. and can't talk about. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. I like okay. my job. So yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah. Well, we'd we'd like you guys to stay employed because otherwise, you uh, you know, you can't accidentally spill the beans on uh, on on inside stuff from time to time. So as long as you don't spill yeah. too much, I had no value we'll, to Hopefully, we'll be all right. <laughs> now we're we've been chatting to um, our good friends at uh, at Geekzone.co.nz that run the um, the premier site in New Zealand for all things geek and, and, and tech. Great message boards. Great site. I run uh, my main blog is, is based there at Geek Zone. There's a whole lot of great content, so definitely worth checking out. We're going to be working with them over the next uh, few weeks to start bringing some live chat in. So as we're recording the show, we'll be able to interact with, with those that are on the chat, and we'll probably look at having a live um, stream of the audio cool. from the, the podcast yep. so people can listen in, interact a little bit, and, and you know give some direct direct feedback back and uh, you know give their comments when we're talking about these some of the, some of these topics or, or, or fire questions so keep keep a watch on nztpodcast.com of course on on our Twitter feed and and, and Facebook um, page as well um, so we're on Twitter at nztechpodcast and Facebook is just facebook.com slash nztechpodcast. You got them all out this week. Last I know, week I was kept tripping over the words last time, <laughs> didn't I? So, um, yeah, definitely stay stay tuned on those things. Um, and as always, I mean, we're definitely keen to uh, keen to keep hearing feedback. Uh, actually, quick question from last week. We gave away a iPad 2 cover 
Oh yes, do, we yes we do. We yes, know what happened to that. Yes, that was given away oh, to. This hunting. is really interesting. Now I'm trying to find the trying to find the name um, on my phone, which it may take me. Do you want me to pad um, this out for a second? It may take me more time than is required to to find the name. Glance um, and go. But Glance the go. the <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing was that we had an unusually. Um, imbalanced number of entries from someone tried to rot the system did they from never to uh is it rangi or tamranui um oh. i think it was from rangi if i've if i've got if i've got it right those yeah. tuarangi um, boys i don't know fields. very very interesting so our winner this week from rangi do they have 3d 3g coverage down there for their ipad too yeah was uh, Bianca Baker from Turingi. So, oh, uh, Bianca, well done. Yep, so congratulations for all of us here. In fact, you should have it by now. It was uh, dropped on a courier a couple of days ago. So um, hopefully we haven't got that wrong and I've, I've quoted the wrong person. Otherwise, we'll have to, you know, we might end up having to send one out to everyone in Turingi. <laughs> uh, and, and thanks to the iPhone New Zealand. iPhoneNZ, guys. Yep. Uh, great site. So, yeah, great support of us as well. Yep, so uh, keep. Keep uh, keep tuned to what what they've got going on. Also, so that's virtually through all the topics. Um, now, just I've been looking at my phone here. Um, I had the the update, the, the so called Nodo update on on this one last week. Uh, I've updated uh, a few of the other phones around the office, and and my HD seven seems to have gone extremely well. Yep. What do you think of it so far? Yeah, it's good. It's um, it's. I mean, I never really had any issues with the performance, other than uh, a few of the games were a bit slow to load. Yep. And that side of it seems to have uh, sped up. And I hadn't really missed not having copy and paste. But now that it's there, I keep thinking of, oh, I'll you know, I'll grab this and I'll copy that. You want to use it now, don't and you? And so I'm I'm making the most of it. I mean, because there's such a good office, um, you know, office capability on there. With OneNote, which I use a lot, yeah. um, I'm finding that I mean that's it's really easy to take stuff yeah. and 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 just push it into an email out of OneNote. But if you just want to grab one little bit and so on, that that's kind of handy. I've I've noticed speed in applications. Um, we were just checking out the marketplace search bug is fixed, thank goodness, and, and also just the response of actually just using the it's just it, everything seems really crisp and yeah. the battery mine, life is really good mine is mine is definitely snappier I mean I've, my phone is pretty heavily loaded up I've only got about 100 megs of free space but everything about the phone is sorry snappier. Nathan one second Skip's looking at his hand because he's got an iPhone and it's just gone <laughs> in the bin there we go he feels left out sorry <laughs> continue on Nathan <laughs> Yeah, just the the whole thing's just snappier. Um, you know, slightly faster to start up, and you know, I've seen I saw a video of two phones side by side, one without Nodo, one with Nodo, and the guy doing exactly the same thing on both. And you know, particularly in the games, yeah. the, the games are particularly load faster. And, and I think we saw at Mobile World Congress about ooh, eight weeks ago that what they're sort of showing with I think it's called Mango at the moment. Mango. Um, the new the the new pause features and suspend for the applications and that that sort of rotating carousel view of how to do things and the multitasking yeah oh, I can't can't wait for that one to come out when it comes out yeah well there's lots of you know little snippets sort of starting to starting yeah. to, to float around online and um, I mean I guess it'll be a while before we find out what's what's actually in there but it sounds like there's a, a you know a fairly uh, some fairly aggressive plans in terms of you know capabilities coming up in that in that release mm-hmm. so uh, definitely looking forward to that one all right winding up a few apps of the week 
Windows Phone app of the week. Over to you for that, Brad. IMDb. The IMDb application for Windows Phone has been recently updated, and it is beautiful. It is really slick. You can watch your movie previews through it. The geotagging finds out the nearest movie theater for, um, near you. Gives I, you love, all the, I love that feature. Yeah, it That's gives cool. you all the movie times. Um, it is just a really, really crisp application. It's free. It um, makes good use of the GPS to give oh, you that local really relevant yeah. info, doesn't it? Yeah. It's great. So show, show me all the theatres around me that are, you know, that have got a film on in it. And it you just go in there, and it's yeah. got all that stuff yeah. right there. It's it's it is it's yeah. really really good app. So and and I mean they've got a great website as well, right? The Internet Movie Fantastic. Database. It's I mean that's where I check before going to see a movie. I'll actually have a look and see yeah. what what's this, the popular it worth my saying, time? saying it's worth. You is know, it worth my money. Now yeah. I want to. If they're giving it four, four stars out of ten, then you know you seriously question whether you want to go and see yeah. it. But if it's, you know, six or eight, then then the story changes a little bit. And that app was obviously across the um, Google and iPhone platforms as well. But mm. yeah, the Windows Phone one it's, it is very slick. Very yeah, slick. I think it's pretty good on on most platforms. That's great. And an application which I've I've only just come across recently called um, WhatsApp. It's an SMS replacement app for Android, iPhone, and BlackBerry. And if you do a lot of texting and maybe you're not on a, you're texting other people with those devices, you don't have a big text plan, then this basically looks in your phone book and sees whether you know the people that you're wanting to 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 message are on that uh, that app, and then it'll just send them you know over the air you know along the along the lines of a you know instant messaging you know Skype um, you know Windows Live Messenger type thing, but um, in a in a in an app that basically replaces your SMS app, and uh, yeah, it's quite good. They're, they've and they've got quite a lot of users out there, so um, quite handy. Now, last app of the week. This one's actually a browser-based app, and this one comes courtesy of Pete Wadhams, who most of you will know as DJ P Money. <laughs> um, it's called AudioTool.com, and it's a really, really cool music production and editing tool that operates entirely within a browser. Full browser. And what browsers? i9, Firefox, everything? Yeah, I think so. Oh, nice. Um, so it's pretty cool. So um, if you want to check that out, look up uh, P Money P underscore money on Twitter. And uh, that that's where he's been recommending it. And um, there's a few details there. Or just go to audiotool.com. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, that's us for another week. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to the NZ Tech Podcast. We will catch you again next week for our next episode. Cool. Take care, everyone. See ya. Ciao.